what I love about the what now moments is that they prompt like such deep reflection and really just understanding like who you are, what you're good at, what you want to do. And then the most important part, like what the demand is, like what the world needs, and then just trying to figure out like how to meld all those together, which is, I think, an ongoing process, regardless of if you have steady income or if you have something that's been established, like it's just a good life skill to develop. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, is your lack of remote skills stopping you from taking the leap to land an online gig or start an online business? Or maybe you feel overwhelmed and think to yourself, what the hell am I doing? Believe me, I know exactly how you feel. There's been so many times in the past where I wish I had someone walk me step by step, letting me know if I was doing the right thing and that I wasn't crazy. I really believe that you have the potential to turn your ideas into reality and create a freedom lifestyle, but you do need a plan that will ensure your success right from the beginning. That's why I'm so happy to say that I will be launching a membership club that will not only allow you to learn valuable skills that will help you land the perfect remote jobs, but also get support from experts who will help you reach your goals. If you want to achieve incredible things and be part of a supportive community that can help you thrive, go to theoffbeatlife.com slash membership for more details. On this week's episode, I'm really excited to speak with Carmela, who is the executive director of Flight, a nonprofit that empowers you through travel. She's also a nonprofit and data analytics consultant, math enthusiast, remote worker, and self-proclaimed chocolate chip cookie connoisseur. Since 2012, she's been intentionally creating a life that combines her love for youth, empowerment, travel, and social impact. So listen on to find out how Carmela has been able to help empower youth through travel. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to be speaking with Carmela. Hey Carmela, how are you? Hey Debbie, I'm great. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? So I love how that question starts because offbeat is definitely a way that I have managed my life for the past five years. So in short, and I know we'll dive into this a little bit deeper later, um, I currently live and work remotely. Um, I run a nonprofit and I do consulting for different nonprofits as well as private companies doing data analytics. And while doing that, I live and work all over the world. So anywhere right now, I'm in Hawaii. Other times I'm based in Asia, which is the area of the world I I love the most, uh, second to Hawaii. But I'm originally from the New Jersey, New York area. So um, I definitely have a different lifestyle than most of my family and friends. And so that's why I'm so grateful to you and the rest of the kind of offbeat life, like remote work, location independent community, because it's really inspiring to see kind of all the ways we've lived an intentional life to maximize our potential, but then also really just see the world and explore and tap into our talents and interests. There's so many people right now who are going through this, right? So before we thought we were all offbeat and now everyone is kind of forced (laughs) (laughs) 
into this lifestyle. So has there been a lot of people coming to you recently, Carmela, and was like, how do you survive this? This is harder than I thought. Like, how do you actually work and not get distracted from all of this? I know it's it's so funny is the wrong word because we're living in a pandemic right now. But it's just so interesting to witness everyone transition into remote work because for the longest time, I felt like people thought, oh, well, she's just on vacation all the time. You know, she doesn't have an office like she's somewhere in the middle of Thailand or in the middle of Malaysia. Like she's not really working. And then now that people are actually at home having to get things done, answer emails, get get on these like Zoom meeting calls. I'm like, see, I do that. But I just so happen to be not in the US or I just so happen to not be in an office. So I think people can relate to what I do more. And then in terms of tips, I kind of I'm proactive when I see someone struggling about something um, related to remote work. I kind of just try to in a kind of intentional and kind way, just share like my experiences and struggles because I like to believe I'm very candid about doing that. You know, I'm working from an airport or like <laughs> holding my computer up to the air so I get Wi-Fi so I can send a file. So, you know, just to be very candid and real about how this is oftentimes portrayed as glamorous, uh, you know, in social media or on the internet, but really is something that requires a little bit of work to kind of create the routine and create the systems to to work remotely, regardless of if you're at home, which we all are now, or our, you know, temporary homes, or, you know, somewhere on a distant island in some, you know, beautiful place. How did you decide to actually start getting into this lifestyle, Carmela? Because this is not, you know, we mentioned that this is definitely offbeat. And it's not usually what most people think of, you know, we weren't raised to be digital nomads or remote workers, we kind of figured this out on our own. Maybe we see other people do it. How did you actually decide that this was something that you wanted to do? It wasn't really a day I woke up and I was like, I need to work online. It was a kind of a slow transition with a couple of kind of key frames over several years. So I guess it all really started back in 2012. So gosh, it was over eight years ago. So my I recently had gotten married and my partner and I were just thinking about travel, we've always wanted to travel. And then we were like, you know what, like for our honeymoon, let's do a round the world honeymoon, check off all the things, like all the places we wanted to see and like kind of get it out of our system and then come back and have like a quote unquote normal life. And as any person who's traveled long-term knows, like we kind of, I kind of laugh at that now because most people or some people, when they, you go out and travel, you realize oh, there's like so much more of the world I want to see this like one you know, extended trip, like, isn't enough, like, how do you do this long term? And so, you know, we, that trip wasn't the, our, our around the world trip wasn't incredibly long. It was about four months where we just, you know, kind of bought a one way ticket and just kept going. And when we came back to New York, my husband had took a leave from his job, I completely quit my job. And we were kind of like, well, what now? And so we actually lived in New York for about two years or maybe two and a half years before we were like, okay, well, New York, we tried that again. And we're like, mm, I don't think we, that's just not a lifestyle that really lended itself to what we really wanted to do, which, which was work on our like passion, like the things that we're really excited about. Um, you know, I work in the nonprofit social impact space. My partner is an artist. And so how do we combine all those things and just get out of that grind? Cause, um, you know, you know, like living in New York, it's, it's this constant, like, 40 plus hours a week, like high cost of living everywhere. And it just, it's, it just takes a lot out of you. And we knew that we just wanted something different. So at the end of 
I'm sorry, in the middle of 2015, about three years after our extended trip, we were like, let's figure this out. Let's try what this is like working online. And so we made the leap then and haven't turned back. And so being kind of stationary now because of the pandemic, this is pretty much the longest I've lived anywhere in the past five years. So it's definitely interesting to have like that contrast from, you know, starting the kind of offbeat nomadic life so many years ago. What was your first experience as a remote worker? I know you said you guys were living in New York for two years and that definitely wakes up a lot of people because it Mm -hmm. is super expensive. And like you said, the hustle is definitely strong Mm -hmm. in New York City. And I'm a bred New Yorker. I wasn't born there, but I've lived there for over 20 years. And I definitely see a lot of turnover from people, right? So most people I've seen that who who are not from there and who move there as adults probably last average five to 10 years. And then it just gets to you and people are like, I need to get the hell out of here because this Mm -hmm. is too much. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I I think it's it's a good trend. Like, you know, before we took our our long trip, I mean, I was born and raised in New Jersey, which some people joke is like the sixth borough. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, it's just interesting to see the friends that I have like move in. And it's, you're right. It's like the five, 10 year mark. And at 10 years, people decide, okay, I'm going to stay or go. And like, I feel like among the people I like my colleagues and friends, it's kind of a 50 50 split because some people are like, love it. And some people are just like, all right, I'm ready to go back to Mm -hmm. California or to Minnesota or Wisconsin, wherever they're originally from. But it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting to witness, but I think it might be different now. I don't know how, uh, you know, now that we're all kind of experiencing a different way of life, who knows if the hustle is going to really be come back to New York in full force as it was before. I don't know who's to say. <laughs> well, the thing is, New York City, if you don't hustle, you don't live. So that's it's, it's kind of a thing that you have no control over because of how yeah. expensive it is. So unfortunately, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I know. That's you're right. That's probably the reality of it. I mean, I I think about how much I used to pay in rent and I'm like, I cannot believe like that is just, it's just, it's crazy. And, but at the same time, I still believe that New York is one of my favorite places just because there's so many amazing things about it. So uh, it's, it's kind of this like love, not so much love relationship. <laughs> I would never say I hate New York, um, but it's definitely a place that I if ever anyone says, where are you from? I say like New Jersey, New York. One, because New Jersey, not many people know it. But also New York is a place I lived and worked for most of my life. So <laughs> it's definitely a place I look at fondly. And so I'm really sad to see everything that's going on there right now. But one thing that I think you probably know and anyone else who's lived in New York for an ex- extended amount of time knows that New Yorkers are super resilient. And you know, I, I just love just witnessing everything that the city does to kind of push people and get people moving forward, which is definitely admirable. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how much New Yorkers have gone through so many things. I mean, we've been there. I was there during 9-11. Now the pandemic, the financial crisis, all of these different things. It's pretty insane. So definitely Mm -hmm. the hub of of a lot of different things. So going back to your journey as a remote worker and entrepreneur, what was that moment like when you and your partner finally decided to do this full time? Did you have a what now moment when you finally took that official step to be in this fully? Oh, yeah, I think I had multiple what now moments like 
every six months for the first like year and a half. Um, Cause like I said, I didn't have a career where it, where there was like a natural step to working remotely. So for example, my partner works in, he's a photo retoucher and he works in advertising. So really everything he does is on a computer anyway. So he just now wasn't in an office. So for me, I'm like, well, I used to have to like be in meetings with people and working with students. Like, how do I, like, how do I do this now? And so I think for me, it was really just a, a lot of reflection and a lot of making mistakes and a lot of trying stuff out and seeing if it works. And so, yeah, I definitely had multiple what now moments, but I think what I love about the what now moments is that they prompt like such deep reflection and goal setting and just really just understanding like who you are, what you're good at, what you want to do. And then the most important part, like what the demand is, like what the world needs, and then just trying to figure out like how to meld all those together, which is, I think, an ongoing process, regardless of if you have steady income or if you have something that's been established. Like it's, it's just a good life skill to develop, which I'm glad that I learned that four or five years ago, because it's, I think it'll just be something that as we kind of advance in our careers, like it's something that we always just need to assess. Like what now? Like, is this the thing I should be doing? Is this how I imagine this to be because I feel like oftentimes you kind of just go in one direction and not really realize like if it's really something that we're enjoying or not. Um, So yeah, I think the what now moments have definitely taught me to be very intentional and reflective about what I'm doing. What do you think are the key skills that you had to learn in order to be really prepared for this lifestyle? Oh, that's a good question. I think in terms of skills. Um, I want to say a lot of it were the soft skills. So I, you know, I know a lot of technical things, like I know how to write a grant, I know how to create an amazing budget and spreadsheet. But in terms of how to really be successful as a remote worker and live this kind of lifestyle, I think it's the soft skills. So learning how to network, learning how to put yourself out there, kind of getting over the fear of getting into the unknown, and then really just being able to find like what you're interested in, and then kind of side, uh, like things that are related to, to that. So I think it's, you know, learning how to do research, learning how to kind of connect with the right people in an authentic and in a you know, kind of non sleazy way. Uh, and just, just doing the things that I think can be done in any career, regardless of if you're a web developer, or if you're a coach, or if you're a tutor, but just being able to put forth the right energy and effort. And then there's also a level of grit and resilience because things aren't going to be seamless from day one. There's going to be a lot of self-doubt. There's going to be a lot of questioning. A lot of things are going to go wrong. So having that innate capability or not even innate, but the developed capability to just push on and realize the greater why as to why you're doing these things and having that, those be the skills that move me forward because I think if I didn't have any of that, I probably would have gone back to my job in, you know, 2016, 2017 when I was burnt out or when things weren't going as exactly as I had imagined them to. One of the things that you are really good at because of working in the nonprofit is connection and networking. And you had mentioned this a little bit is a lot of people are afraid to connect with people because they don't want to feel spammy. And like you said, sleazy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part of what you do, right? Is that connection with people? How do you make those connections more authentic and not feel gross and sleazy? Like you said, when you are trying to make those. (laughs) For sure. I I think, well, for me, it goes to 
maybe two or three strategies that I have, I guess, realized that I do um, as part of just exercising this muscle over the past several years. Um, the first one is really having the spirit of giving before receiving. I think a lot of people approach networking in that I want this, I need this, but really it has to come from a spirit of generosity and of giving of yourself. And when you do that, it puts yourself in a different position, in a different mindset than actually wanting or needing something from other people. So having the mindset of, I really just want to help and help in whatever way it is, whatever skill is, whatever the skill is that you have or whatever the talent is. I think that really is just a, such a key mindset to entering any networking space, whether that's going into an event that has 20 people or if it's just reaching out to your favorite or the person in your industry that you idolize, just being from a spirit of, I am so excited and I want to give, whether it's giving praise or whether it's offering some type of support or help, it has to come from, I feel like for me, when it comes from that space, that's when you are able to be most authentic. It's it's hard to just say, okay, you be authentic. It's come from a space of generosity, from giving, from abundance. And in that then that's when I think the networking happens most organically and in a really meaningful way. And and honestly, it's really people. People are people. And I feel like just being curious and being open about meeting other people is a great energy to have. And then that kind of goes into my second strategy, which is what's the worst thing that could happen? Like, what do I have to lose going into any networking situation? And I kind of got that quote from my husband, because when we even first started this whole nomadic living thing, he was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? And then when you imagine the worst case scenario, it's not so bad afterwards. Whether it's, again, emailing someone that you really admire, what's the worst case that could happen? He or she won't respond to you. Or if you're at a networking event, well, what's the worst case that could happen? Well, maybe you don't meet someone who you necessarily jive with or really connect with, but at least you put yourself out there and made created the opportunity. And the best case scenario is that you meet someone or you meet a new community that really just helps to elevate your career, but then also you get to contribute more into an industry that you really uh, want to be a part of. But I think it's also just really um, having great follow through. I often go to networking events and you meet a bunch of people, but you meet a bunch of people. So it's hard to remember what the next step is. So really being proactive about going afterwards, just doing the quick follow-up because more often than not, I feel like we get bombarded with life. So that follow-up doesn't really happen all the time. And so I think that's another great way to be authentic, but then also just set yourself apart because it's it's a small thing that the follow-up email or the uh, message afterwards, but I, I, I feel like that's something that can get overlooked just because of the, the busyness of life. And, you know, connection and networking is really even more crucial when you are working remotely or you are Mm -hmm. a digital nomad. Otherwise, you're just going to be in your apartment, in your house, and you're not going to be able to speak to to anyone, really, unless it's like your coworkers, you know. So learning all of these skills, putting in place what Carmela was talking about is so helpful because aside, you know, obviously now everybody is feeling this, but once this is all done you really need that human connection wherever you go it's not just about traveling but it's also about connecting with other people in other cultures and all of this really makes sense when you have to implement it firsthand yes I could not agree more and in in my line of work I, I run a nonprofit, so a lot of 
my day is connecting with people, whether it's our donors, whether it's potential donors, our students that we serve, or our corporate partners. A lot of it is connection, and connection is being curious about other people and genuinely caring about what their mission is or what they have to say or what their goals are. And I think just coming from the kind of, uh, you know, the deep human desire to just know other people and feel understood, I, you know, just I'm kind of like going way back into kind of like the psychology of it. I think that really helps because it's not, I need a job from you. I need a donation from you. It's who are you as a person? How, what are the things that we have in common? How could we connect deeper than, you know, things that are on like a more um, like superficial business, you know, formality level. Um, Cause I think as, as humans, we just all crave that. We all crave that sense of belonging and understanding other people and having them understand us and, to be able to have those conversations and it's not going to be that with everyone, but, you know, to be able to just put yourself out there, you know, I think about my journey and how many people I've met in the past eight years that I, my life would be completely different if I did not take that long-term trip in 2012. I just, I don't even know what it would look like now because the people that I've met have definitely guided that journey. And I met them because of networking and networking isn't necessarily going to an event, but it's being at a cafe and asking someone, oh, what are you working on? Because I could see this cool Excel spreadsheet on your screen. And then having that really just great conversation and seeing where that goes. It's so amazing what you can learn, the connections you can make when you are out there and you Mm -hmm. take yourself out of that comfort zone, especially if you're a solo traveler and you really don't have anyone to talk to and then you really put yourself out there. It's it's pretty incredible. Well, Carmela, one of the things that you're doing now is you're a part of this organization called Flight, and it was founded by Nomadic Matt, which is a lot of people in the travel industry know about him. And you have been helping him with this project. And it's a really great organization. What do you guys do in that nonprofit organization? Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Sure, I could talk about flight all day, but I'll give you the high level <laughs> overview. So flight, our mission is to empower youth from underserved communities through travel. And as any traveler knows, talk to any traveler who's done this for a long time or who just loves to travel. And, you know, they speak so about how it's transformed them, how it's changed their lives. I mean, I've just been gushing about it like 30 seconds ago. And when Matt you know, Matt is Matt and he's been around forever. And his goal was to get more people out into the world and doing it on a budget, like demystifying that travel is expensive. And so at some point he realized, well, even with the best budget hacks, the best, you know, travel tips, there's some people in our world that just will have so many more challenges in getting to travel. And that's why he created Flight was to to meet the needs and to create access to travel for underserved communities where families have, you know, economic challenges, where it's just travel is not something that's in their realistic outlook. And so we have partnered since 2015 when we were founded. We have partnered with five schools and sent 70 students abroad on trips all across the world. Um, I did the math earlier and it was, I think they've collectively traveled around 300,000 miles. And as you can imagine, for a lot of these youth, it's, their first time, not only out of the country, but on an airplane for a lot of them. And it really just exposes them to so much more and really pushes um, the boundaries of what they can expect or what their potential is in life. Because when you travel, you realize there's so much more to the world than what I know, what I grew up in. And to be able to have that understanding coming from a place there where there might be limited opportunities, it 
lights a fire in many of our alumni. And so they're off doing amazing things now, all because they took that trip and because they saw that there was this huge, vast world or, you know, a lot of what we do is having them connect with local social enterprises on the ground. So if they come from a community where there is a need, they see someone doing work in their community, you know, in Quito, Ecuador, or in Guatemala, and they realize, well, I could be that change maker. I visited this great social enterprise, and they're creating a feeding program, or they have a great after school program. I want to do that in my community. And so taking those lessons that they learned from their travels, and then bringing it back to make their own community better. It's just this amazing full circle experience that really just it just hits all of my emotions and as to why travel is great because it makes not only us better people, but it gives us the, the power to make the world a better place in whatever way that makes sense for us. And so I feel like to be able to create access for more youth to do this is just so powerful. And the, re- the ramifications and the ripple effects are, you know, beyond what we ever expect. Yeah, and, you know, traveling is, I say this all the time, it's the best type of education. I think it's a lot of ways so much more so than books, you know, because you actually experience it. Real life is really what we all need because there's so many things that I learned in school that I don't even implement in real life. But the things that you learn in the real world is what you actually need to survive, to thrive, all of those things. So I love this nonprofit organization that Matt has started and you have, you know, ran with him. So congratulations with that. That is super exciting. Thank you. I I tell people it's the hardest I've ever worked in my entire life for the least amount of money, but I've never (laughs) felt like more richer, more fulfilled, just because I know that this is important. It's something that is often overlooked, um, you know, I in the kind of education space, but travel is just such a fulfilling experience. And it, it makes us more compassionate people. And I think it's, it's, it's what our, our world and our country needs is to really understand who the other, the quote unquote other is and how they live and how they work, just because I think it really creates better global citizens, which, uh, you know, in, in times of, you know, now where there's a lot of division and dissonance in, in the U.S., I think it's a great way to change our next future generation of, uh, of leaders, of policymakers, where they could realize there, is, there are people who are different than them and this is how they live. And to be able to be empathetic, I think, would be are just those soft skills that make great leaders. And that's what we're doing and hopefully doing for, for many, many years to come. Yeah. So when you are traveling around Carmela, because you obviously do this with your job and even just with your lifestyle, with your hobby, hopefully you can keep doing it again after COVID. I know. What type of travel insurance do you use or insurance? Because that's a lot of thing that everyone is worrying about right now. Yes. So I definitely always have travel insurance. Um, I, I actually use a different ones depending on what's happening. So the travel insurance that I use consistently is IMG Global because they cover me both in the US and outside the US um, because I am never inside or outside the US at any given time, like for an extended period of time. So that way I know that if anything, you know, God forbid catastrophic happens, I'm covered both internationally and domestically. Um, And then I also have Clements insurance as a property insurance for my laptop and for all of our, you know, more expensive items. And then um, when I have friends who are coming to join me or for we're doing a very specific 
kind of more adventurous trip. I'll have a group of friends that we travel every year and often we do multi-day hikes and we do kind of things that are a little bit more adventurous and have a little bit more risk. Um, I use World Nomads as my insurance and World Nomads also is our insurance provider for flight as well. Those are such great providers for sure. And especially right now, I've been talking to so many people and a lot of them don't have insurance. And there Mm -hmm. are a lot of travelers and remote workers who cannot go home right now because borders have been closed and everyone's just super afraid to travel. And they have been finding out that the insurance companies that they have been working with don't cover a lot of things like pandemics or even natural Mm -hmm. disasters in their policy. So if somebody was to fall ill and need treatment for coronavirus, for example, or any similar future pandemic, they are not covered. I mean, we're all Mm -hmm. figuring this out right now and they would need to pay for everything themselves, which is horrible because obviously we're all feeling the hit that's happening right now and then have to do that and have to deal with that as well is just awful. That's why I'm so glad to be working with Integra Global. They believe it's their duties to support their members in uncertain times like these and stand by them when they need them. They have no exclusions for pandemics or natural disasters in any of their plans, which is really interesting because before any of this happened, Integra Global already had it and none of the people that had their plans were really affected by it. So if you guys want to know more, check out integraglobal.com and see how they can give you the coverage you'll need and maybe some you never knew you would because right now everything is so uncertain and it's one thing, you know, that at least we can be trustworthy of like, oh oh my gosh, it's crazy right now. (laughs) Just like at least we have something, you know, insurance right now, that's what we need. And at least there's something that we could trust. Oh my goodness. Hopefully there's a silver lining to all of this because I feel like we're just living in like the twilight zone or <laughs> yeah you know it, or black mirror <laughs> yeah it's crazy i'm like is this groundhog day you know what's really weird about this too carmela i feel like every day is the same it is like groundhog day because there's really mm-hmm. nothing to look forward to like we can't go see our friends we can't go out to eat in nice restaurants we can't have parties like what do we do <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm like, hopefully everybody stays home, you know, only go out when you need to guys. So Carmela, let's fast forward to 30 to 40 years from now. And you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, wow. What a cool question. Hmm. Let me think about it a minute. 30 to 40 years from now, I would love it if my legacy was that more people went out in the world, traveled, took risks, and especially young people who didn't have opportunity. I would love it to be able to have empowered communities, whether that's here in the U.S., whether that's the local communities we work with when we go abroad, to do whatever they need to do to uplift their own community. I think in the nonprofit space, there's a lot of this, like, I'm going to go and save the world, but really everyone has the potential to save their own world. And so to be able to empower those people with the knowledge, the skills, and the ability to do what they need to do to make their own communities a better place, that would be the legacy that I would love to have, 
empowered and inspired people to do that and take action and to be able to realize their own potential in whatever, in however that looks, whether that's our students that we send abroad or whether that's the local community partners that run these amazing organizations that need the support and the infrastructure from the people that travel to them. I would love to have that legacy of inspiring and empowering people to create better lives as kind of idealistic as that sounds that would make me incredibly happy and i also love the fact that you are actually doing this right now and you have been doing part of your legacy and it's just going to keep continuing and building up as the years go by so that is so interesting how it's already happening so that's awesome (laughs) That's so heartening because sometimes when you're in the middle of it, like I'm in the middle of like a 50 page grant application, I'm like, what is, what am I doing with my life? But then to have moments where you kind of have that clarity of like, okay, this is, this is what, this is what I should be doing. And then (laughs) being able to just have that. I think it's a gift because sometimes it's, it doesn't happen. Like sometimes you're not in a place where that doesn't feel as, as right. So I, I definitely feel lucky um, doing my work a lot of the time just because I, it's, I tell people it's my dream job. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I get to, run an organization I love from anywhere in the world. Like what else could I ask for? Absolutely. Carmela, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? I'm a bunch of places on the good old internet. Um, So flight is online. We have our website, takeflight.org and flight is spelled F-L-Y-T-E. I personally have a blog with my partner that we started in 2012 that we joke that we update it every other year. (laughs) So um, that is nowrongturns.com. And I can be found on Instagram. Um, My Instagram is karmresu, C-A-R-M-R-E-S-U. Perfect. Thank you so much, Carmela, for being here with us. I really appreciate everything that you have told us today. I am so glad to have been able to be a part of this community and just, and like I said, and how I want to leave my legacy, just share whatever knowledge I can to get people out into the world, you know, in the whatever way they want to be out there into the world and taking risks and living that offbeat life as whatever it means to them. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Carmela. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to navigate remote working as a person of color. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold. <laughs>